Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome into Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. At Alex Padilla 86 is where you can find me on Twitter. He's Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla. That's where you could find him on Twitter. You could also find him on silverscreenroll.com where he writes all the time. Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good because we've got basketball in our lives. We don't have to pretend to know what we're talking about. We can just talk about what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're being told now. It's nice. It is nice. Like We can actually talk about what we're seeing on the floor versus like hypotheticals, which is always good. Uh, the off-season gods were good to us this week, this year. I feel like the off-season seemed to always land things on Tuesdays for us. And once again today, uh, no different. Uh, the Lakers don't play today in preseason. They play tomorrow against the Suns at 3 p.m. We do have news about who will play, who will not play. We'll get to that. But I think the big news in Laker world, I don't think it is. I, I definitely know it is. The big news of Laker world today, uh, a sad day maybe. Pau Gasol announced his official retirement um, today in Madrid. Yeah, uh, you know what's crazy? Because like he just played for the in the Olympics. He he went back to Spain, and there was those rumors. I think all like for a little bit last year when Mark signed that Pal was maybe on the way back home to play his final year at the Lakers, kind of as like a a, a way to end it with the Lakers and stuff like that. So, I mean, this day was going to come. It's still it's still a little bumming. Like it, it's a bit of a bummer whenever you see one of your favorite players you watched for a long time kind of retire and realizing you're never going to see them play again like that. So I, I, I'm just really happy about the follow-up news to, to him retiring about his jersey possibly being retired. So I, I'm excited for him in terms of that regard. Yeah, two-time champion with the Lakers, uh, three straight finals appearances in 08, 09, and 2010. Uh, so I went back today and I wanted to just like remember the things that happened because it's been so long even though it doesn't feel like it it really has and i you know i was watching game seven highlights of the 2010 against the celtics and how critical he was in that final two minutes of the game and just how the celtics kept making threes in the final two minutes of the game yeah. rondo at ray allen rondo like playoff rondo has been a thing <laughs> since back then um and it's it was it was interesting to see you know pal gasol two key rebounds um also made a shot in the last 90 seconds I mean, he's he wasn't here for a long time. He he was here for seven seasons with the L.A. Lakers, and so he his stats will not be up there as far as the all-time greats go. But there's always going to be something about Paul Gasol being made probably because he was Kobe's like right-hand man mm-hmm. that he's always going to go down as a Lakers legend. So yeah, immediately the conversation went to when does this jersey get retired? And Jeannie Buss kind of clarified that immediately. She said it was never a matter of if we will retire at number 16, but when. So that's going to happen. It's going to be a, a really cool night when that happens. And thankfully, fans are going to be able to be there for that um, now that things have kind of opened up a bit, again, Staples Center and stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really um, excited for him to kind of get to, to be able to kind of see his jersey go up and kind of for him to experience that because even off the court pal has always been kind of universally known as like one of the better people who've ever been in the nba his like charity work is super well known and um yeah he's just an awesome guy so it's really cool to see everyone kind of pour out and say all these really nice things about him today and today russell westbrook after practice kind of surprising probably a lot of people saying that growing up which is funny to say that um, 
Pal Gasol was his yeah, favorite Laker. It makes me Laker. feel old, for sure. Uh, yeah, it definitely makes me feel old, too. But, I, you know, that's what Russell Westbrook said today. Pal Gasol was his favorite Laker uh, growing up, which I don't think a lot of people would, would say. I really don't. As much as we all love um, Pal, I don't think, like, if you start listing who is your favorite NBA player or your favorite Laker, you know, I don't think Pal Gasol is going to pop up on a lot of people's minds. Unless he's from Spain. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you, you watch how Westbrook approaches the game and plays the game. It's almost the complete opposite of how Pal Gasol yeah. went about playing the game. Uh, Pal Gasol, you know, I don't use the word classy ever, but that's just what screams to me, Pal Gasol. Yeah. The fact that he announced his retirement today in Spain at an opera house, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's so Pal Gasol. You know, like, he's always... You know, dressed, uh, he had a nice suit on at an opera house announcing his retirement in Spanish in his native country. Never heard a single bad thing about Pau Gasol. Uh, family man, like you said, mm-hmm. philanthropist when it comes to charity, and just a great basketball player. Someone that yeah. I admired from afar for a long time when I was growing up. I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> um, in those early 2000s, we all knew how good Pau was. He was just stuck in Memphis. And. I totally forgot, and I don't know if you did, that they actually acquired him mid-season. Yeah, yeah. I was... totally just blanked on that that minor detail, which is a major detail, and they made it to the finals four months later. Yeah, no, I, I remember pretty clear. I remember the Lakers were kind of like barely keeping their heads above water and kind of, you know, Kobe was literally having to be Superman every game just for them to win, and then they finally kind of, pull off this crazy trade so what was it, it was yeah Kwame. It was, so here is on february 1st 2008 memphis traded Pau Gasol to the lakers with a 2010 second round draft pick for kwame brown javaris crittenton aaron mckee aaron the McKee. rights to mark gasol which yeah. is the, really the big one and two first round picks in 2008 and 2010 i mean you know yeah. what i think for me what why that that detail probably just i'm jaded is because I just remember Stephen A. yelling on ESPN about Kwame Brown. You know, I think I was more, I was definitely, I think, more happy about trading Kwame Brown than acquiring Pal Gasol. And it, it was crazy because, like, you can tell how happy Kobe was that once Pal played that first game and he realized, like, oh, I have someone who I can pass the ball to who actually catches the ball and kind of can finish. So, yeah, it wasn't that. I think that was always the thing that stood out most with that Kobe Pal relationship was, like, how immediate it worked like usually star duos when they play it takes like months and if not years and like game one and like you said a mid-season trade so they barely any had practice time and from the first game it was just perfect and i don't think there's been a duo like that that's had that instant chemistry like them in a long time no really and even kobe has said like they just hit it off it was an off the court on the court relationship today pal took the time to 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 you know basically thank kobe and and started tearing up saying that you know that's life you know why he can't be here Mm -hmm. but they just had this like real genuine friendship off the court that was evident once kobe passed that pal has been in you know around his daughters about kobe's daughters um so yeah it was there was something about those two i think it was their professionalism the way they approached the game i think they were just very similar you know like Powell didn't have a nickname for his attitude or his or his drive of the game. He didn't have the Mamba mentality, you know, but he was right there. You know, there's so many clips of him, of Kobe and him just like literally staring at each other on the court 
moving their hands. Like we can't hear what they're saying, but both of them just like communicating. There was a really cool clip. Uh, I believe it was on silverscreenroll.com. Someone did a write-up on Pal about his great moments. I got to look that up real quick. And they put a clip of just a, a a small play, like a pick and roll, not even a pick and roll, against the Magic in the finals in their first oh, yeah, title together. Uh-huh. And just that clip. Of, and when they went in the locker room, everybody's celebrating a victory. Kobe and Pau are celebrating one play because yeah. it finally worked. Yeah, I, you're right. Like I, oh, there's there's so many kind of little moments in game and post game in the locker room that kind of is those two kind of figuring out like what's the best way to, to to score here, the best way to kind of leverage each other's kind of talents. And uh, yeah, I, that's the thing that was so cool about it because Kobe, very you know similar to Westbrook, you know in the way they're very like aggressive and stuff like that. And Pau has always been a soft spoken, classy guy who you know kobe used to have to push a lot you know that dicky asked like for the black swan version of pal a lot in the playoffs and i i think it was that yin and yang of the two that worked so well that you know that's why they never butted heads kind of like how kobe and Shaq did so uh, yeah I, I i that relationship and that on-court pairing is something that's just always going to be really special for laker fans and interesting that you bring up the relationship with with kobe and Shaq because it was literally a 180 like relationship like was the success the same sure you know there was very successful partnership but the relationship was completely different and i think like kobe was looking for someone like that at that point of his career someone to drive the team with him i don't think he was necessarily looking to be looking to get all the credit anymore i i don't feel that that way i i I think with Shaq, it was who's the alpha who's the alpha who's the alpha and with this partnership, we knew who it was, so it was never a talking point. He just wanted someone to like ride shotgun with him and take this team to a championships, which they did. And we all know, unfortunately, they didn't win that first one together. Um, but the fact that they made it there, like the, after a midseason trade to make it to yeah. the finals, is is insane, really. Yeah, it's genuinely. It, it, <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that. I have a very terrible long term memory, but still, like, I don't know how I forgot that it was a mid season trade. And that was such a huge trade to do mid season. Mm-hmm. Mark Gasol, I mean, Pal Gasol, for one, two, three, four, for like four players, like, that's a big, big, like, trade. And, and it worked. And it worked for the next few years. And then we all know what happened after that. So, um,. You know, very emotional day for a lot of Laker fans out there reminiscing. There's been a lot of great threads on Twitter. I don't have any, like, to call out. But if I'm sure if you just search Pal Pal Gasol on Twitter, um, the only social media platform that was working yesterday, by the way, um, you're going to find a lot of cool Pal Gasol stuff out there. And I don't know when they're going to retire his number. They will retire his number at some point this season. Um, So that'll that'll be really fun. But maybe they do it against Memphis. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I've never really heard Pal Gasol talk about Memphis and his like, you know, how his time there was. I don't know if you did, but just he probably just has nothing but nice things to say. Just because well, he's the way Pal. He's, he's never gonna say uh, like a mean thing about anyone or any anything. So uh, yeah. So two-time NBA champion, six-time NBA All Star, two-time All NBA second team, two-time All NBA third team, NBA Rookie of the Year, NBA All Rookie first team. Um, he did, he did a bunch of stuff down in Barcelona. He won the, mm-hmm. the Liga three times in Barcelona. So a bunch of FIBA awards as well. Yeah, amazing player. Yeah. Yeah. And summer Olympics, obviously no golds, but he did have two silver medals and a bronze in the Olympics as well. And, um, just an amazing player. Hall of Famer, 
you know, it's all going to be there for him. And uh, he was a Laker for a large portion of his career. And I think he will go into the Hall of Fame as a Laker. And I think, obviously, we've talked about it. He will get his number retired as a Laker. So today, very cool day. And uh, I guess you say congratulations, right, when someone retires. So congratulations to Pal Gasol. 100%. One of my favorite players ever. And, and like I said, rare that a guy can as talented as him, as good as him, could be like an even better person off the court. So, yeah. Um. So that is what happened today. That's the big news coming out of Lakerland. We did have some news and notes to talk about with uh, the Lakers today after practice. Uh, the Laker media were allowed in the uh, training facility for open media portion. And we got a little glimpse, Alex, possibly mm-hmm. at maybe a starting lineup. Maybe. Obviously, uh, a lot of guys missed the game against the Nets. Uh, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony did not play. Trevor Reese is dealing with a sore ankle. Uh, those four guys did not play the first game. But today, according to everybody tweeting, literally everybody tweeting about it, uh, <laughs> at some point of the open portion to the media, they had Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, obviously, and they were running with Melo and Monk. Could that, could that be a preview of the starting five for the Lakers? At this point, isn't you can that throw like it. the big question going into the preseason? Like, who's starting, Frank? Who's freaking starting? You won't give us anything. You're not playing the guys in the preseason. Who's starting? We all want to know. Yeah, I think that's what's so exciting about this year and this, like, also like kind of outlines the challenge Frank is going to have this season. There's just so many guys who kind of deserve to play in so many combinations that might work or might not work. And um, that, that lineup you just mentioned, like I would not be shocked if it started for some reason or like was a starting group. And you can give me like three or four other combinations. I probably wouldn't be shocked either. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be like waiting until probably five minutes before the game until we get that official word from Frank uh, or the Lakers, who's going to start until we have like a concrete answer? Because at this point, I think it's anyone's guess. Yeah, I, honestly, like we can we can make fun. Oh, I can make fun of of the, all the media reporting it, but I just think anytime that you see those three guys and anybody with them too, I mean, those three being AD, Braun, Russ. Anytime that somebody runs with those three, you're like, ooh, starting lineup, ooh, because mm-hmm. you know those three are in. So you're just kind of trying to figure out else every figure everything else out. Is AD really going to play at center? Is AD going to play at the four? Is Dwight going to start? Is DeAndre going to start? You know, Dwight. How how many minutes did Dwight play? Because I know he fouled out. Like I don't know. I, I think he only played like twelve or thirteen yeah. minutes, and he still fouled out. I think he was like, I ain't playing, coach. I, I ain't playing. <laughs> yeah, he played thirteen minutes. He fouled out. Um, did you? By the way, real quick, did you watch that first? preseason game yeah I, I watched it any anything other than malik monk stand out to you or just uh, was was malik monk the story of the game i i think it was just how many again like how many perimeter guys they have like the end who actually can probably deserve to play or have a actual role this season like monk obviously was the the highlight because he kind of just scored in a variety of ways that i i wasn't entirely sure he was capable of and um but like besides monk like THT started. I thought he looked like solid defensively, especially. Um, Wayne Ellington got a lot of run. Uh, Kendrick Nunn played really well. Also, he he and Monk both were kind of out there when 
the Lakers had a little run out there. So there's just multiple guys that I wouldn't be shocked, again, if one or two of them plays or even starts, and then the other ones might not play a game or two. Like, Baze, like again, a guy like Bazemore, I didn't even mention, he started that game as well. So those guys all played pretty well. And again, we're not counting Westbrook, LeBron, Ariza, Carmelo, um, as guys who didn't play. So there's just a lot of different options that I think that first preseason game kind of really, really uh, showcased that. But you also, before we started recording, mentioned a quote that really stood out to you about lineups. Yeah, yeah. Frank today, um, I'm not sure who asked him this, but um, basically he kind of just reiterated that he doesn't really wanted to go into the season without like a stable lineup and, and one that he feels really comfortable with. Because I think... Going back to last season, I mean, after going through everyone kind of in and out of the rotation, either if it was injuries or COVID or whatever, like I'm sure Frank is just really excited to go back to just one lineup and then kind of tinkering as he goes um, instead of what he experienced previously. So I'm, I'm not too shocked by that. But also, again, it kind of does put a little more emphasis on getting this starting lineup right. Yeah, he said he wants to get a base lineup established. And... Um, you know, I think that's a that's a smart plan when you have this veteran when you have a veteran team, do you think it's a a plus or a negative to be able to just say like this is our lineup, everybody pick your role or because they are such a veteran team, you think they're okay with switching it around? You know, like a newer guy, a, a rookie or a first-year player might have trouble not having a defined role whereas veterans maybe are okay with it or do you think it's opposite? Do you think are the, because they're a veteran forward team that they need everybody needs to know their role so they can establish themselves in that role that's a good question and i think that's something frank is asking himself and the staff like you would imagine for everyone having a consistent starting lineup and everyone else knowing their roles off of that coming off the bench or not playing or um playing when this person's out or whatever you would think that consistency is what every team wants but at the same time like you said this team is very veteran heavy and they hopefully at this point after playing all those seasons they've had that they know they have to sacrifice or or whatever so that you know every other game they might play or might not play so i don't know i i think it's tough i think personally for vogel i i'm sure he wants a consistent um lineup and and for his guys to know when what their role is so i i'm sure what he said today is, is true and i'm sure once he gets that starting lineup we might not see too much tinkering at least not early on I would advise Frank Vogel and the Lakers, though, that be this is just me, and you know me. I'm very pessimistic. You are a very old team. So to count on all 14 guys being there all year, it's probably not the smartest thing mm-hmm. to do. Having the ability to adapt plug-and-play guys, that might not be a bad thing. I understand the want of wanting to have that establishment of who is going to be your guys. Obviously, I get it. But I would also advise that. Wouldn't you think it's smart to kind of plan for the worst? that guys are going to miss games. I mean, Trevor Reza's already missing games with an injury. Yeah. And I know it's the preseason. He, maybe he'll play if it was a regular season, but I think it's smart to kind of plan for the worst. And I'm sure they are, but I just want to say that. I mean, at this point, do you, are you leaning one way or the other in terms of who's going to crack that starting rotation? I'm not. Okay. Uh, yet. Um, I think if Frank Vogel would actually come out and say AD's my center, that would probably give us a lot of clarity. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that he, he is the linchpin there because if he doesn't start at center, that, that's one less perimeter guy who's going to be out there. So 
uh, again, that goes back to the issue of there's a lot of guards on this on this lineup in this team. So if AD is not starting at center, one of those guys is probably not going to play every night. Yeah, I think I think if AD is the starting center, it changes a lot of things for a lot of guys on this team. That's definitely goes without question there. Um, AD, there's a lot of I, do you. <laughs> We weren't planning on talking about this, but do you think there's like a lot of pressure on AD this year going into the season? I, I, think, I think he's. I, I think he kind of put that pressure on himself. I I think he said like a few times already that last season, he he said that he thought he played horribly like to his standards. And usually when guys say like say something like that, they they mean they want to rebound and and kind of play a lot better that upcoming year. So. Yeah, I would I would assume that like AD personally and maybe privately there is that pressure on himself to to play up to the standards standards he thinks he can reach and um last year was just a really hard for him with the injuries and everything and the, I think Westbrook also said that his job is to push AD every night and he's with the guys they lost defensively in the offseason AD being like this super mega defensive player is probably going to be really key for the team season. Well, speaking of mega defensive player, look at this transition. The GM survey came out today. <laughs> and I believe if I read correctly, uh, who is the best center in the NBA? Now I know that's like a, you know, that's a, is AD a center? We don't really know. But how about this? Nikola Jokic, obviously reigning MVP, mm-hmm. 63%. Joel Embiid, 23%. Giannis and Tedekumpo, 7%. Anthony Davis, 7%. I don't even know if AD is a center, though. That's well, the I'm thing, looking right? at, like, who is the best power forward? How about that? Sure. Giannis, 63%. LeBron, 27%. KD, 10%. So that's what GMs are viewing mm-hmm. him as, right? Yeah, I mean, look, like AD had that incredible playoff run and finals run, and he kind of took a step back last season for a variety of reasons. So I I can see why other teams or GMs or whoever are coming up with these these uh, polls may kind of may view that as an outlier. But AD's always been this incredible player. But I think they just want to see it on a consistent basis with AD. I think that's always been the thing. There's there's nights where he has it, nights he doesn't have it. And I think consistency to, would be nice. Yeah, so to be in that upper echelon of top two of your position, I think you literally have to do it every night and at the highest of level. So I think going back, I think there is pressure on AD to kind of be the guy. I, I would say this year, um, who will win the 2021-2022 MVP? Alex Regla. If you were a general manager, who would you vote mm. for? I'm not asking who you think they who you think they voted for. I'm saying if you had a vote for mm-hmm. this survey, who would you have voted for? <sighs> That's tough. It, it'd probably be so. I think maybe like Luca should be up there. Okay. Yeah, I would say Luca. I would probably go. Yeah, you have I would to think. Go uh, it's hard to repeat. Uh, is the thing. So it, yeah. oh, KD is a good one also. And I was gonna, you know, throw this one out there because Clay is coming back. How about mm. Steph? Yeah, those two if, together. Sure. Those two together, man. That's a much different Warriors team that we're going to be facing this year. I, I think Golden State's going to be a lot better uh, next season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to the NBA GMs, 37% say Kevin Durant will win the 
MVP this season, followed by Luka at 33, Giannis at 13, Embiid, Harden at 7, Steph at 3, and uh, there you go. Hey, I mean, LeBron Nothing was, for LeBron, not he, one vote. He was leading candidate for most of last season before everything fell apart, so um, I, I wouldn't count him out. If you could get good odds on him, like it's LeBron James. So that is the individual stuff that the GMs voted for, but how about the team stuff? Okay. Alex Regler? And I haven't looked at any of this, so this you is, all, okay. no, well, this all, is all new to me. So, yeah. It's all in front of me, and I, I don't disagree with a lot of this, but uh, the team stuff. Here we go. Which team, not who, you, not who you think, who would you vote for? Which team will win the 2022 NBA Finals? Who, who, they, who I think they voted who for? You who think? I no, think. Who, you, who would you vote for? And then we'll get to who they, who they voted for. It's biased. I'll say the Lakers. I think it's going to be Lakers over Nets. I yeah. think those two are going to be in the finals. I have a very similar feeling myself about when the year they got AD. Remember, I, I was very like skeptical about how long it would take for them to, to adjust. Mm-hmm. And they adjusted right away. And they, it was very, they meshed very well together. And then obviously, Lakers ended up winning the COVID season. But I feel the same way. I feel like it's going to take the guys a while to get used to it. And that leads me to not put, make them pick. Okay. them right now yeah like i would choose the nets right now because they have consistency not very much but they have at least well i, I mean that those three guys have did play together some last season and have a full training cramp uh training camp if Kyrie can get his stuff figured out so yeah i mean they at least will have the advantage from that aspect yes and obviously Kyrie today on tuesday i don't know how effective he's gonna be if he can't even practice that's, I mean, that's a thing. If, that is, if, if they if we don't were, figure that out, I, I think the Lakers are easily the favorites then. If we were a Nets podcast, how do you not just rail on this oh, subject God. over and over and over? Like, he can't even practice? I totally forgot about that. Like, I was thinking about, oh, he's going to miss all the home games? He can't even practice. I'm talking about practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you that's need huge. that practice is valuable. Again, for a team who wants to win the championship and doesn't have a ton of experience i know they played a few games together as a trio those practices are kind of gold yeah Uh, so yeah so that 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 would be that's going to be i mean i don't think Kyrie's going to go the wiggins route and just cave right away uh i don't think so i could be wrong but any anyways um do you want to know who the gms chose probably brooklyn by a large margin okay 72 percent dude 72% of NBA GMs say that the Brooklyn Nets will win the NBA title, followed by the Lakers at 17% and the Bucks at 10%. Hmm. Yeah. Bucks at 17%. I'm almost viewing viewing these things as like, like, if I were gambling, like, I would just... put money on the Bucks? I mean, that's not bad. Like, you never know what could happen to Brooklyn if Kyrie doesn't play. And, like, the West isn't super loaded. Like, if the Lakers don't make oh, it, yeah. like, if someone else makes it, like, I don't, I don't know. It's not bad odds on the that's, Bucks there. That's what I find very interesting. Uh, if you if you break it down by a conference, uh, GMs think 83% of them say the Nets will advance to the finals, while 17% say the Bucks will on the Western side, even though only 17% of GMs think the Lakers will win the finals. Hmm. 80, 80% think that they will make it to the finals from the West. Yeah, see. Yeah, because I honestly think that Utah can be beat. They are, were a very good regular season team last year. 
Uh, 13% of GMs picked them to make the Western Conference uh, from the finals. And the Suns got 7%. And I don't. it's funny because I don't think there's a lot of faith in the Suns repeating what they did last year. Doesn't seem like it, at least from like national media people. Uh, I think the Suns are legit. I just don't know if they're going to be make it to the finals again legit and um i still have kind of hard feelings about the lakers not being full health in that series when i think that that, hangs over a lot of people's head to be honest with you i think they're winning the series yeah there you go i would say that i know that i said that the suns would still have beat them but i know most which is fair the lakers had a lot of issues not just injuries uh in that series wasn't like they were world beaters but yes they they yes to be fair to everybody they were ahead in the series and then the injuries came through so i get it I, but besides I totally that like it, the injuries to star players on other teams like Kawhi, i don't even know if he's gonna be back this season honestly and then what is he gonna look like when he comes back and jamal murray also like mm-hmm. i'm not sure the effectiveness if, in him or in clay thompson that if he can be healthy that the warriors are looking to be awesome again if he's not healthy that they might struggle to get in the playoffs so i don't did clay thompson only tear his acl or did he like was the whole knee torn up? I have no idea. Because the fact yeah. that he missed all of last year was was to me shocking. Because in football, you tear an ACL one year, you're back the next. That's just the way it works. But in like so to Clay not to come back, and now Kawhi is saying, like, yeah, I plan on playing at some point this year. It's like, really? Because Clay just missed the whole year. And it happened at a similar time in the playoffs. That's the thing. Like, and the these... playoffs were much later this year than they were in a normal season. Those are three guys who can swing a conference. Like, you're talking about Kawhi. Jamal, I, Jamal Murray was amazing in that bubble bubble run for Denver. Like, he gave the Lakers fits. He gave the the Clippers fits. Like, he eliminating mm-hmm. them. Like, this is a legit guy. And then Clay. Like, we we know how much different he makes the Warriors when he's out there versus when he's not. So, if those guys are not themselves, and the Lakers could have like. Uh, moderately good health like i don't i think the lakers should be fine and um you know let's not forget that the clippers did win some games without Kawhi last year so yeah yeah they deserve credit for that yeah formidable they're they were from top to bottom the the clippers are a pretty formidable roster so uh that's the western conference rankings uh this is according to nba gms lakers one jazz two phoenix three nuggets four Warriors 5, Clippers 6, Dallas 7, Portland 8. And for reference, last year, 86% of GMs picked the Lakers. So 80% chose them this year. So they took a step back. You know, I think that's been kind of the consensus for a lot of people. The Lakers took a step back, I guess, in some ways. At least not regular season-wise. I think a lot of people uh, are in agreement that this team should be really really good in the regular season but i think they just have worries defensively and with westbrook what happens to those those things in in the playoffs something that like really just gives me a little bit of just like compared to years past is that they have three guys now you know like they they don't just have the two yeah and i feel like that makes such a difference this is something uh zach lowe has said a lot on his podcast and i think it's like i'm sure this is actually what goes in uh or what's in the minds of front offices when they try to get that third guy is to have three and not two that gives you the security blanket if one star is out you still have a a tandem of stars like that's a luxury that 
only what Brooklyn and the Lakers like yeah. arguably have on your that depends on your definition of star but I would say yeah I mean Westbrook like again like he has flaws but this guy was I, I, did he make an all NBA team last year or I don't know I, he's I'd been almost an all NBA player every season and those guys don't grow on trees so even he's if only, his flaws are there he's only 32 man he's only 32 and he hasn't lost a step in terms of like explosiveness like he, he was the uh all NBA third team last year I mean that literally is the definition of a, uh, an all-NBA player. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, say LeBron is out. Like, okay, now you have Westbrook and AD. Say Westbrook's out. Okay, you still have LeBron and AD. Like, these, I, that's a big luxury that 98% of the other teams don't have. Uh, this is what I totally forgot to get to, and I apologize when we were talking about Anthony Davis and the pressure and, and all that. And I just got carried away with all the other stuff. Who's the best defensive player in the NBA, Alex Regla? Oh, I, I'm curious to see what the GM said. Uh, I, I'll say this. I, I don't think it's Rudy Gobert. <laughs> okay. I'm sure they, they, they might. But I, I would say it's someone like either AD or I love Draymond also. I'll, I'll say AD just because of his size and his mobility. 47% of NBA GMs voted for Giannis. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah Giannis, same thing. Size Se- and mobility. Hmm. 17% voted for Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. 10% and 10%. So they each got 10% of the vote. Drew Holiday and Kawhi Leonard. Wow. I Okay. 7% of the vote. Ben Simmons. Okay. Yeah, I thought Simmons would be up there. Notice who I'm not saying. AD is. Did he not? Oh wow! So AD wasn't even mentioned. Also receiving votes: Jimmy Butler, AD, and Draymond Green. Okay. So uh, I mean, I mean, those are all fantastic defensive players. I just, I think in terms of like versatility-wise, I I don't think there's besides Giannis someone who can do what AD can. I would say that there is a big question mark around, and I and and listen, I I I'm just gonna say it. I think GMs don't believe in his durability. I, I it sounds like they just don't believe in Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yes. Well, that is a great way to end it right there cuz that just gave me my headline for today. So, <laughs> <laughs> Pal Gasol retired. Congratulations. Uh tomorrow yes. Suns Lakers 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Pacific for all of those that didn't know, uh from Phoenix. First Carmelo uh, game. Yeah, first Carmelo game. Uh who's not playing? Ariza, uh, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Trevor Ariza will not play. Supposedly also one of the bigs. So right. one of Dwight or, or DeAndre. Ooh. And I... Um, sorry, I just got distracted. I thought Giancarlo just hit one out of Fenway as we're sitting Ooh. here. Sorry. Good luck to you. I was gonna, that's where I was going to next. Good luck to you and all the most of our oh, listeners God. who are Dodger fans tomorrow. Congratulations on winning 106 games and then having to just play <laughs> one. Yeah, that's nice. The right? dumbest like, <laughs> rule, the dumbest thing that look, okay, it's not the dumbest. To me, the DH is the dumbest. The fact that both leagues don't have it, but this is very close to the dumbest thing the baseball does. Like last year, were we not all happy when we got a three-game series in round one? Like at least a series. Like, baseball is revolved around serieses, and now like all of a sudden you play 162 games to play one. Makes no sense to me. No, and Dodger playoff baseball is just torture. Like it's, it's so yeah. stressful. 
The Curse of the Red, dude. You guys. You, oh, I know. Of course, it was gonna. Do, of course, it was yeah. gonna be the Cardinals. Of course, of course. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to all the listeners that are Dodger fans, because that game is tomorrow. Um, Yankees Red Sox just got started as we sit here mm-hmm. recording now. Alex at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Did you write anything this week, sir? No, but I'm gonna write something this week. Basically, the kind of my takeaways from two preseason games. So, yeah, you could be on the lookout for that. Check that out on silverscreenandroll.com. Check him out at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You can find me at AlexPadilla86 on Twitter. And you can get all of your Laker news on silverscreenandroll.com. Subscribe to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And Alex, next week, uh, when does... What is going on? Is there anything? Should we predictions? <laughs> uh, what are, uh, oh, I'll say this. So, do, with does Anthony Davis start at center tomorrow? He did. Uh, there's one of the bigs is not playing. I would we, say tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, he'll still yeah. start. Tomorrow okay. he plays. Okay. Tomorrow he plays. No, he'll play. But do you think he starts at center? Yes, that's what okay. I mean. Tomorrow, gotcha. tomorrow he starts. Tomorrow he starts. Okay. Yeah. They play three times by the time we come back next week four times are we doing a post game hopefully those are always fun oh they play late though oh those aren't as fun yeah we're gonna have (laughs) yeah i think we're gonna have to do a post is that when's opening night gosh i don't i'm so i don't even know what date is honestly i have so much okay opening (laughs) night's october 19th so we're still a ways away they play tuesday october 12th next week at 7 30 p.m against the warriors they play four games preseason games from now till then we got plenty to talk about by the time we jump on next week oh, yeah. on tuesday and we'll come on after the game let's just yeah. that's probably what they want us to do anyway so yep. um all right talk to everybody next week bye <laughs>